This is The Waycast is a podcast where we recap every Star Wars episode as they are released on Disney+. This is your spoiler alert. You have been warned. Sukuigar Shinies, welcome to season two of This is the Waycast, the Bad Batch season. I'm Sarah Edwards, the resident Star Wars reporter at Boardwalk Times. And I'm Giovanni Delgadillo, a columnist at the Boardwalk Times. The day all Star Wars animations fans have been waiting for is literally right around the corner. Not only is Star Wars Day coming up, but the premiere of The Bad Batch is finally almost here. (laughs) I'm so excited. So the official premiere of The Bad Batch, aka Clone Wars Season 8, is right around the corner. It's coming on May 4th with its 75 minute long premiere on Tuesday and then another episode on Friday. And I'm just so pumped that like Star Wars Day is just giving us so much content to be excited about. I can't wait to see if they're going to announce anything else. You know me, I'm big into uh, Lucasfilm Games news right now. I'm itching for anything. Maybe we'll see something from Lego Star Wars, although I doubt that. But the fact that they're doing these releases now ever since last year two years no it was last year with the clone wars on may the 4th is exciting to me because using may 4th as like a platform towards media i think it's really cool because it used to just be a day where the fans would celebrate and lucasfilm acknowledged it and then didn't do anything so them doing this big release on that day can't wait and i have a few thoughts about what may happen in this 75 minute premiere. And I'm so excited to get into that. I do have to say, I can't believe it's already been a year since the last Clone Wars episode. I still remember how much I was not necessarily dreading, but I knew how much the last episode was gonna hurt because I grew up with the Clone Wars. It's one of my favorite shows from my childhood. And the fact that it came to an end, just like hurt. (laughs) It feels kind of crazy that one journey ends May 4th and now a journey begins. And I want to know how much of that has to do with the pandemic. Cause obviously it's an animated show and they could have been working from home this whole time, but here we are. Oh man. It's so close yet. I never realized it. I was going to say yet so far, it doesn't even really feel that it feels like it just snuck up on me. I was like, Oh, it's already made. Wow. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. It's exciting. And I've been saying this to Giovanni and our boardwalk times, podcast production staff that I think I'm more excited about this premiere than my own college graduation, which is on Monday. (laughs) So if that gives any idea of how excited we are, you can take that statement. (laughs) But we wanted to come into your podcast feed to kind of break down all the information we know about the Bad Batch and also just kind of maybe break down some of the Clone Wars tie-ins that we might see in the show, because we still don't really know a ton of what the show will be about. We have an idea, but it seems like it's really going to stray away from the Clone Wars in a way that we didn't think it would. So judging by this 75 minute long premiere being that long, I feel like we're gonna see some dramatic shifts in what we can expect from this story. And from what I've been hearing, this is not gonna be as cut and dry as we had originally thought, especially with them revealing this character Mega very late um, before the show's about to release. I honestly would have been more into it if they had just never shown her at all and her being a surprise because the show is just titled the bad batch and we didn't know what exactly their mission was beyond escaping the empire um as far as we know so i mean there's there are other things that have been floating around out there other rumors and supposed leaks that i'd rather not spoil here because show isn't even out yet but 
I think this first episode is going to take a dark turn and we're going to see a character go away you weren't expecting. Yeah, like when they released the trailer on Disney Investor Day and then the second trailer, I think that was back in February, was it? Um, I was convinced that the show was just mostly going to be about the Bad Batch escaping Order 66, escaping the Empire. Um, and I really was not expecting this sim- in a way, it's kind of like similar to the Mandalorian plotline where this group of not bounty hunters, but these warriors, these troopers are now protecting this little girl. And we don't know why. We don't know what her connection is to them or why she's being hunted or something. But it's pretty much like, to me, it seems like the Mandalorian except with clones. So we will see. I'm actually hoping it uh, turns out a bit more like Clone Wars. You were mentioning it earlier. I, I also grew up on Clone Wars. I really love that show. And getting to see it continue like this in an unofficial season eight is interesting because from what we know from the three episode titles that have been kind of revealed so far, it seems like one of them by their description might be a not a filler episode, but one of those more like offshoot adventure things like Mandalorian funny enough but even more so like the uh Clone Wars which I think is really fun because I actually really liked some of those episodes not all of them mind you but there's some really fun adventure stuff that gets you into the characters but also like expands the universe in a really fun way yeah absolutely and for those of our viewers who have never watched the Clone Wars we actually compiled a list of Clone Wars episodes that you can watch before the Bad Batch and they're pretty much all of the episodes that focus on the clones and just how we got to the Bad Batch I'm not sure how much of those episodes are going to really pertain to the show itself so like I don't know if there's any hidden info in them but I do think that where these episodes are just going to be really helpful to set up how the Bad Batch came to be in the Clone Wars, and then it'll just help you prepare for the show. But yeah, I'm really curious at how they're going to tie in um, Clone Wars with the Bad Batch. We know Rex is going to show up, which is probably the biggest thing I'm excited for because Rex has quickly become a favorite character for me. But yeah, I wonder who else we're going to see. We also have it confirmed that Matt Lanter is going to be involved in it somehow. And Giovanni, what do you think about that? Ever since he went on uh, Entertainment Weekly and talked about that, I've been like, ooh, what, what could he possibly be talking about? Because he said he's specifically, he said, Lucasfilm Animation. So that makes you think, what, what are the million projects? So I saw actually, I read about it. I was reading about different projects that Lucasfilm was coming up. And one of the ones that sounds the most possible is Visions, the anime uh, Star Wars project I, I hadn't even considered it because I was like oh are they doing a new thing and it's like well that seems to be the most logical answer uh, but he I think he said projects he said things he didn't say one singular thing so could he be in multiple episodes of that or could he be in like other productions which is what I wanted to talk about because if they go back and finish some Clone Wars episodes and just don't call it just don't brand it clone wars anymore i think that'd be the smartest way to continue because bad batch has the exact same art style as this last season of clone wars did and it has the same animation and everything so i don't see why they wouldn't continue because they said the reason why they weren't gonna you know why they only did these seven episodes to end the clone wars is because their crews all scattered doing other stuff which makes me think is there any way for them to bring some of those stories back that were never told and it'd be really exciting 
to see them continue. I, for one, want to see Ashley Eckstein return to voice Ahsoka because I, I don't want to see her completely replaced by Rosario Dawson. I like the idea of a live-action Ahsoka. I just feel like the OG should remain the OG. Like, you know what I mean? So that's... Yeah, no, I totally agree. Especially because Ashley Eckstein, you know, is the not the creator of Ahsoka, but she's like, she's what got her started. She was the first voice. She pretty much like was Ahsoka's voice as Ahsoka grew up. And I would also like to not see her leave, especially because she's, I think she's done like some pretty revolutionary stuff in the Star Wars community and just like making women feel more included in the fandom, which I really appreciate because especially from what I've seen on TikTok is there are still a lot of people out there who think women should not be in Star Wars, <laughs> but we're not going to go in there. So I think Omega maybe, well, we don't really know. All we know is that she has a New Zealand accent, um, but if she's some sort of mutant clone or something, or just related to Mandalore in some way, I think that'd be pretty interesting because there, there are no female clone characters. And to have this one specific one that stands out, I think is really cool. Plus her weapon is really cool. It's a light bow, like we saw with the Night Sisters. So we'll have to wait and see, because obviously this is a character that's only going to exist in the animation space for the time being, which, okay, quick aside here. I love Lucasfilm animation and what they do. And I really hope that after this series, either it continues in a second season or, or we just see... Mad Lancer sort of kind of confirmed more projects from them because I, I feel like Star Wars in animation works a lot. It's probably more able to do crazier things within the universe than what you get in live action because the lightsaber battles, the big crazy scenes, um, just the general world building that you can do in animation compared to live action is just it's just crazier and. I want to see them continue down that path. Even if they have to take, you know, some liberties, uh, Dave Filoni has always pointed out the like budget things they do to make sure they don't go over budget. It's still, still a fun ride and I don't want to see it end. So hopefully this series is the start of new great things. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I appreciate the most about Lucasfilm animation is just the fact that we've given, we've been given perspective of the clones because in the movies, the clones really don't have a part. Like Tamora Morrison has a few lines here and there when he's not Django and is when he's playing one of the clones. But when you think about it, like the movies are not about them. This show is exclusively about the clones, which I'm just extremely excited about. Like in the trailer, we see um, the Bad Batch is being put through more tests. They're being put through some trials and then you see them kind of standing with other regs and shinies and they're kind of like, we're not like you and you're not like us. So I feel like that's also going to bring in some tension of like, you're not a regular clone. You're not like a special clone, even though they are. But I can see that like, we're just going to get a better hint of what the brotherhood is like among the clones. Cause we only see it within squadrons or like uh, units, but not necessarily as a whole. Yeah, I'm excited to see. Well, obviously, we're getting Rex, and you already mentioned that. I'm excited to see what their brotherhood dynamic is going to look like by the end of this series. Um, because unfortunately, with this series taking place between Revenge of the Sith and the New Hope, which is, you know, a lot of Star Wars media has in the past, I don't want to th- think certain characters aren't going to make it out alive, but I don't doubt they're going to do something like that. And some of these guys are going to 
be sacrificed or things are going to happen that are going to change their dynamic by the end of it. And Rex is obviously along for the ride at some point, but I think he's going to disappear. I think he's, he's going to help them because he also technically betrayed the empire by the end of the last season, he disappears with Ahsoka. So obviously she's not with him at the time from what we've seen. Um, they've gone their separate ways. So who knows how he's going to help them and how long he's going to help them for, but some point or another, he's going to have to leave them and, they're going to be their own unit and it's going to be sad. So we'll see what happens. And honestly, I think a lot of my questions about the show do kind of surround Rex. Um, like I want to know when did him and Ahsoka split up because we saw them at the end of season seven of the Clone Wars. And now we see him in this trailer and he looks like he's by himself. You know, Ahsoka probably went to go hide, but what happened to Rex? Another thing is I'm really excited to see this true transition of the Republic into the Empire, because I feel like we've had Star Wars media, like books and the movies kind of like get close to watching the transformation, but we never really watch it happen. It's kind of one of those things where it's like, oh, it happened. Um, and you know, Rebels kind of teases that the clones were retired. They weren't useful anymore. So I just want to know like, what did the clones do? Like they suddenly weren't useful anymore. The Empire was like, well, go be humans, which they never were treated like in, in the Republic. So I'm excited to see how the Republic truly transitions into the empire. Cause like I said, we really haven't seen it before. It kind of just jumps right in. So speaking about the home life of the clones, from what I understand it, we may or may not see the return of a certain clone. We've already seen escape the war during clone wars, uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. I think his name was Cut. And this guy, if he shows up, it could be a big deal because he was the one clone we saw in the show that left the whole war um, to live on his own. And seeing all these other clones transition to that kind of life that they're not used to would be very intriguing because it's like you've said, in all Star Wars media, they usually skip over this or like there'll be a few throwaway lines about clones um and the empire there was going to be this whole story with the delta squad from republic commando becoming imperial commandos and that was going to be the first like big oh look at what happens um when the, the clones transition into the empire and the republic but with this show we're seeing the exact opposite with these guys defecting from the empire and saying, no, we don't want to do that. Because Rex, he didn't technically like defect or anything. He just said no to Order 66. So that was his thing. With the Bad Batch, we don't know what their motivation is. Except for that they're clearly messed up. So maybe their inhibitor chips didn't work. Or maybe they just never had to fight Jedi. And they just have a different moral center than the other clones. So, so wait and see. Yeah, Order 66 is going to be really interesting to see how it affects the Bad Batch. But it's funny that you bring up Cut Laquain because I was watching that episode last night and I, I'd be very surprised if they brought him in. He seems like one of those clone characters that they would kind of forget about. Um, but yeah, I mean, Cut literally did walk away from the war. He decided, I really can't do this. And then he escaped to Seleucami and had a family of his own. But yeah, like I said, I'm... I'm really curious to see how Order 66 affects the Bad Batch because they have worked with Jedi. They worked with Anakin when they rescued Echo. 
So I wonder if maybe their inhibitor chips are different. Like maybe they were, since they're experiments, it's possible that maybe they didn't put inhibitor chips in them just because they're tester clones, so to speak, with these desirable mutations. So that's a possibility as well. Because when you think about it, out of all of them, Echo is technically the only one who would have an inhibitor chip. I mean, it's hard. I doubt the separatists took it out when they um, when they kidnapped his body and turned him into a half robot. But yeah, so if anyone's going to be affected by Order 66, it would definitely maybe be Echo. But we can go into those theories a little bit more. I want to go and go into what we know about the show itself. So what we know so far is that the show is going to be 14 episodes. They will be released every Friday on Disney Plus, except for next week when they're releasing the first episode on May 4th, Star Wars Day. That's a Tuesday. And then we get a second episode that Friday, which means you're going to get two podcasts from us that week. And then another recap podcast every Friday after that. So for this season, uh, expect episode recaps, deep dives, and how it all fits together. We'll be here for you through the entire show. I want to now move into the social media promos that Star Wars has been putting out because so far we've been seeing a little poster and quick snippet clip of each of the members of the Bad Batch, which I think is really cool. Today was text. They've released the poster as of this recording and we'll probably get the video a little bit later. So something about these clips that I want to point out, and in general, this whole social media thing, and I really like it. Um, this is, in general, Disney Plus has been doing this with all their shows, where they have a little social media account for each week. And that's something that I think is, I, I kind of feel like that's sorely missed um, with the death of like this sort of cable TV thing and moving to streaming, is the whole fun of weekly shows. But what I've noticed with all of their promotion for the show so far, since we we know that it's supposedly 14 episodes. I don't think they've shown anything past, like maybe snippets, like definitely they've shown snippets of scenes from other episodes, but I think the majority of the marketing that they're doing right now is from the first episode alone because they have 75 minutes of content and each little new like clip we've been getting or even the first two trailers, they feel like majority take place on Camino, and I think that's all going to be in the first episode. And I think that's why they haven't moved past it because there's a massive spoiler or something that changes there, which is why I said earlier, I'm kind of surprised they even spoiled Omega because they have so much to work with in one episode, it seems like, that they could have totally just kept that hidden. So we'll have to wait and see, but I do think a lot of the marketing is just using the first episode and that we're in for a ride that we're not expecting, which I'm excited about. Like I said, this is a weekly series and I missed, you know, getting on Cartoon Network back in the day and the whole like Star Wars branded, uh, Cartoon Network like coming up you know type thing so I like that they do that or they're replacing that with social media I think it's a good good way to continue that idea forward because I've loved that with WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier every week felt like here's a new little thing to chew on while you're waiting for the next episode like them releasing the Zemo dance was probably one of the funniest things that any marketing campaign has done or even the Agatha all along becoming popular so I'm excited to see what happens to Star Wars but I definitely am liking that they're keeping that energy alive oh the nostalgia of finishing yeah. a Clone Wars episode on yeah. a Friday and then immediately getting what next week was going to look like oh yeah. 
middle school Sarah would just eat up those commercials because it was just like oh my god I have to see what happens now yeah and the credits and the branding and oh and how the credits ended with the Lucasfilm thing with R2 yeah oh my god all that stuff that's why I mentioned it because I I really miss that like I don't don't get me wrong I actually way prefer streaming but I do miss the actual like branding of where it's like coming up star wars and like the cartoon network logo was gold or some things it would change colors like when darth maul returned everything was red and like stuff like that that stuff is so much fun like it makes you feel more involved so yeah that's why i mentioned it so oh so cool and yeah i definitely agree that all of these little snippets that we're seeing are probably from the first episode it's in a way it's kind of similar to what mando did where we didn't really see like all of the clips we saw with the Mandalorian season two were all from like a handful of a few episodes. Like they didn't really give anything away about the plot. They didn't show too much about who we were going to see. And I think that's what uh, Bad Batch is also trying to do. So they're, they're still trying to like tease you like, hey, this is what you can get excited for, but they're also not revealing anything. And it's so painful because I just want to know everything, but I also just really want to be surprised and delighted and excited about this show. Um, I, I really hope nothing else is leaked about this. I want to just generally feel like I did when I was in fifth grade, where it was like, I knew nothing about what was happening. I knew nothing about the episode coming up, except for what I saw in the trailer from the week before. I, I want to feel that way again. And I think I will be, so weird we just have to see how tuesday plays out i'm totally with you on that it's it just feels so exciting to go into this and it'd be a continuation of clone wars of something we never really knew much about i mean there were a few sort of unfinished animated episodes where these guys went to kashik so they were going to continue in the original clone wars but other than that dave filoni hasn't really talked about their other stories he basically told everyone everything about like characters he had planned like Boba Fett and Cad Bane's arc or what he wanted Ahsoka to do. Like he wanted her to go to the bottom of Coruscant and see like some Sith temple and all this other stuff. But going into this series, we don't really know much about the Bad Batch at all. So this is just extra exciting. And they're throwing in all these new snippets. Plus the animation looks amazing. So they've come so far going back to season one of Clone Wars, which I still you know hold quite dear so this is going to be very exciting yeah i was watching some of season one the other day and i mean just seeing the clones faces how they've really changed throughout the show like they don't look the same as they did in season one and you just kind of see them look a little more human-like and less animated and i love that we're getting to this point with bad batch i want to go into some theories that we've been seeing so a lot of people have been offering predictions about what they think is going to happen in the show. And I know we've mentioned it just a little bit in this podcast, but I think the biggest theory that I've seen that's eating up my social media is following Crosshair and how he's going to turn to the Empire. Now, when that theory first came to me and I first heard about it, I honestly thought like, no, that's a little far-fetched. Like, yeah, you're going to make the moody, quiet guy go to the Empire. But the more I'm seeing like deep dives, the more I'm like, this is possible like this could happen so what do you think about that theory i'm sort of uh with you on that i didn't really want to believe it at first but now that more seem about like hmm yeah that actually could happen 
or my original thought because the reason just for the audience the reason people have these theories at all is they've noticed in the marketing that crosser kind of disappears at some point um from the team like when you see them all walking together he's just not there so i thought he was gonna die like i honestly thought this dude is so dead they're gonna sacrifice him in the beginning or something but the more people details point out like we still don't know about this mysterious group of uh clones clad in like black camo that are supposed to come and hunt these guys down they seem to be like the central antagonist which i think is really cool it's like you know the typical mercenary type force is chasing after the main character but they're not really against the main characters like personally i think it, it's a cool twist to have crosshair there is like sort of like the unlikely antagonist so we'll have to wait and see because to me it seems like from the way they're marketing it, Grandma Tarkin is going to be the dude that's after these guys. Like he's the the figurehead. I think it's cool that we're seeing him at all. Like, in general, very exciting. It's weird to see him so young. Like I'm so used to him looking old and gross, and now he's just young and gross. <laughs> but yeah, going into that, Tarkin is definitely having a big. He's had a bigger role in the Clone Wars in these later seasons. Like we first saw him, and I believe season four uh, is when he came into play. Either season three or four at the end. Um, but another theory I'm seeing regarding Crosshair is the theory is that, you know, Crosshair is very devoted to the Bad Batch because, you know, he also has a mutation. His brothers have a mutation and he'll do anything for them. And there has been some rumors floating around that the Bad Batch is going to be exceptionally darker than the Clone Wars, which got really dark at times. So one of these predictions is that Crosshair is going to be tortured somehow into turning against the bad batch like Tarkin takes crosshair tortures him and is like look man like you can help the empire you can help your empire out a lot you just gotta kill these men for us so that's a possibility as well that could be one of the ways that they get really dark which would make me really sad because crosshair is growing on me as I'm re-watching these episodes but yeah there's a lot of ways they could go with this and even with the black clad armored clones that you were talking about there's mention that cody is one of them so what what are your thoughts on either of these theories so it's interesting to me is they would pick crosshair because he's an assassin type he has you know he's a sniper guy so i think that's really interesting compared to picking any of the other characters so like tech is too too nice to do that and then wrecker's like too headstrong and hunters you know he's a leader so you stick with his men and this whole human side of the clones, like seeing Cody again, I think it'd be insane because we haven't seen that character. Like he wasn't even really in this uh, season seven finale. He was there present um, on that first, I think planet's name is Artaka. I'm not entirely sure, but he's there with Obi-Wan and Anakin at the beginning. Then he just disappears. We don't really see him because it's Rex and Ahsoka's story. So seeing Cody again in some way to finish his arc in a darker um, way that than people are expecting it'd be really interesting because you would think Cody tried to kill Obi-Wan right but he doesn't do it willingly and he I wonder if they're ever even going to deal with that fallout and is that that would be an interesting reason why to get rid of the clones is after Order 66 when they come back into their own minds they all like feel horrible about what they did or something like that. And then they realize that they have too much of a mind of their own, which is why they face them out. That would be a brilliant way to write around that 
and get the stormtroopers in and be like oh we can't have people with that we supposed to make killing machines you know age too quickly and then phase out by having their own you know subconscious like ah, can't do that so i think the propaganda machine of the empire doesn't work on these guys because they've seen it all from the inside that's what i think is going to happen It'd be even more tragic if they start killing them off which i think that's one of the most important parts of the series is one of the magic parts of the clone wars is that they made the clones human um which you mentioned earlier like in the movies we didn't really get much of that so getting this i think getting to follow a group of them for an entire show is going to be so exciting and we already know rex is coming back so we're going to see more of his arc and if cody comes back it's just icing on the cake yes 100 because i think knowing what happened to cody has been probably one of my biggest questions surrounding the order 66 era slash enter into the empire era because I mean, after he tries to kill Obi-Wan, we have no idea what happens to him after that. Like we assume, oh, he thought he killed Obi-Wan and then just disappeared. And it's interesting that you say that you think that they're gonna kill them off because when you think about it, we just never see the clones after that. Like uh, going into the rebellion, Rex, is, Rex, Wolf and Gregor are pretty much the only clones involved. So that would explain why we don't have millions of clones just roaming the galaxy. Cause it's like, if they're retired, where are they going to go? So I could assume that maybe in the show, we're just going to watch them just be decommissioned and shipped off somewhere, which is really sad and goes really dark. But I mean, like we said, the show is supposed to be significantly darker than the clone wars. So it's, I'm just curious to see what they do. <laughs> And that's what's interesting to me is Disney's been marketing a lot of these shows as very like, I don't want to say family friendly, but since Disney Plus is a platform for all their content, but I like that they're not holding back on some of these like more mature themes in uh, kind of younger, uh, you know, teenage, young adult media or kids media. I think that's really cool because then they grow up on that and they get to experience something that feels like anyone can watch it um, because with falcon and the winter soldier that show apparently from what i've heard they told the showrunner not to hold back at all like so he could do whatever he wanted and the themes got very heavy and there was a lot of violence and i think we're going to see a lot of that with the bad batch now something i wanted to mention earlier when i was talking about how clone centric this show is i think that's really cool because that means i don't think we're going to see any lightsabers or force powers maybe they'll throw it in just for fun they they love doing that i mean come on we got soka episode in Mandalorian and Luke showing up just and they make them like these big figureheads which I think is a cool thing because it feeds into the original trilogy Legend of the Jedi thing that that sort of I don't want to say died off with the prequels but in the prequels we get so much Jedi that they're kind of holding back right now which I do hope they do a Jedi centric project somewhere down the line I know we're getting Kenobi but I want to see more because you know the Jedi are a lot of the reason Star Wars is successful I mean the lightsaber come on it's like one of the most iconic weapons in you know media but i like this whole thing about let's make these clones human and let's you know go off on this more mature journey that isn't going to be throwing us random places like an anthology series which isn't a bad thing but i do like seeing like this linear type storytelling as well yeah, absolutely. And bringing up the Jedi, this reminded me of a theory. This was before the second trailer had come out. 
but there was a theory that the Bad Batch was going to be the ones to save Grogu from Order 66 and from the Jedi Temple. And so it's kind of hard to say if that's even going to happen. I don't think so. There's now there's theories saying that Mace Windu is the one who saves Grogu. And, you know, there they are bringing Mace back again. <laughs> and, um, you know, we're hoping that. But yeah, so instead of Grogu, we're getting Omega. So we're kind of getting a rescue mission. But yeah, I, there's there's just so much that's been revealed, but we don't know how it ties together. Like, m- like we don't know why the Bad Batch went to go reunite with Rex. They really don't have a reason to as far as we know now. So I wonder if they're helping Rex find a place to hide or settle down or if they're helping him find Gregor or Wolf or some other clones that he can hide away with. But I don't know. It's going to be a wait and see because the first episode's out very soon. So we'll be getting a lot more answers by then or have a better idea of where this show's going. Yes, absolutely. So we'd also like to hear from you guys, our listeners, on what you think could happen in the Bad Batch, what you know, crazy plot twists you're expecting, what you want from the show. Twitter, comment your predictions on the show to our socials or at Boardwalk Times. And with that, that's the end of our breakdown podcast episode. Giovanni and I will be back on Tuesday to recap the first episode of The Bad Batch. And we'll be back again on Friday for the second episode. So keep an eye out on social media for our posting. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This is the Waycast, The Bad Batch Edition. For more Star Wars content, head over to BoardwalkTimes.net and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Boardwalk Times. Red Venge, shinies! This is the Waycast is a Boardwalk Times production produced and edited by me and Giovanni Delgadillo and music by Kevin McLeod.